welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 323 of the Mail Right Show. Can you believe that John has been at it for that long and I've been at it for about 200 episodes? Today, we're really excited, or I'm really excited, because John wants to surprise me at the beginning of the show. But what I, what we proposed and had discussed as a show idea was how to market yourself digitally, some concepts, or actually maybe not even digitally, just some ideas on how to market yourself during a slowing real estate market. Now, whenever that happens, because it it doesn't seem to be right now. But uh, anyhow, so John, go ahead, hit me. What, uh, how, how are you going to kick this off and amuse yourself by surprising me this morning? Well, obviously, the title of the show is How to Get Lead Generation in a cooling real estate market. What I want to cover is, are we going in 2022 be facing a cooling real estate market? (laughs) Uh, um, And that is really up to microeconomical conditions. Mm -hmm. And... I think I think because of the inflationary situation, is that going to be long-term, medium or short? And there's different experts that have been discussing that. I personally think inflation, the inflation environment is going to be reasonably short to medium. I don't really buy into... Um, that it's going to be a, a medium to long term factor because we have just got, we just have, we are just about, and got to quantify this statement, just about in some ways getting over a two year, very difficult period around the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that has really shaken up the whole economy and people's lives in a big way, right? Uh-huh. But obviously inflation has taken off. Anybody going to a supermarket or going and buying anything, trying to buy a new car or any anything can see that prices have increased substantially. Okay. Obviously, the Fed's reaction to that is that they have publicly stated that they are and they want to increase interest rates. Mm-hmm. Every every half point increase or one point full increase mm-hmm. normally has um, a direct effect on the pricing of housing. Right. Um, how far they can increase those interest rates is another topic that we could discuss for the whole show um, because the Fed's ability to really increase interest rates without there being a major economical downturn and reaction to that action is probably quite questionable how much they can increase interest rates. Um, I think they would attempt to do it. Um, I feel at some stage they will have to reverse the policy because there, there's going to be a sizable market reaction 
um, if they um, keep on increasing um, interest rates, where mm. when that happens, none of us can tell. I think the other biggest factor on the housing market that which is a result of the pandemic, um, which accelerated this process, is what has happened to the commercial real estate market. It is quite obvious, even though if we have a full recovery from the pandemic, that the amount of people that will be working remotely and that will not be going back or not going back very often to a centralised office environment is a trend that will continue. Um, The need for commercial office space, I can really never see it fully recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, companies, individuals, companies sign reasonably long, long contracts so even if their office is half empty or two thirds empty, they cannot walk just walk away from their commercial contract unless they go bankrupt, you know, mm-hmm. or unless they can come to some agreement with their landlord that allows them to walk away from their contract and get a much smaller office, which would fit. That what I see as an ongoing scenario that a lot of people are going to be working remote or it's going to be a hybrid situation. How does that affect domestic property? Well, commercial property <clears throat> has always been the way that most hedge funds and most pension funds and most large institutional investors have placed, they've placed their money in bonds, shares, and in commercial property. Mm -hmm. And it's been a great, they've got great returns from it. And it's always seen as a pretty solid asset class. Mm -hmm. That future is now in great doubt. Um, you only have to go to any major city and you will see much of the retail outlets, malls, normal retail outlets, office complexes. You know, you will see a lot of retail properties empty and empty for very considerable periods of time. Mm -hmm. And most of them probably will never find a tenant at the kind of rates, um, rental rates that are being asked. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there will become a time where um, rentable rates will have to become more realistic and that will now allow smaller enterprises to move into retail units. And um, But in general, when it comes to offices, which is the real bedrock of the commercial outlet and malls, I really don't see these markets really recovering. I really honestly don't. So where are they going to put their money? Well, they're going to look at the domestic market, the the housing market. Um, 
And it's a market which they've never really looked at because it's got real um, difficulties, which... Um, but I've been looking at some statistics and really this really has effect, affected the amount of properties that are on the market, especially on the Sun Belt and on the west coast of America. Mm-hmm. There are statistics that almost 40% of housing that's been bought has been bought by large investors. Sure. No, and they're buying it before it even it doesn't even get into either it's new development or it's um, an individual that has a portfolio of domestic houses. It, it's not it's not even housing that's reaching the market. It's been bought before it even goes on to the normal market. Mm-hmm. But that does affect the market because that property that would normally go on the market isn't there. And that that is exacerbating the shortage of properties that are available for people to buy on the, on the semi-free market. Um, how long? I don't. Obviously, they have to get a return on the, on these properties because they're gonna they plan to rent them out or flip them. Um, Obviously, you can increase rents, but there is a there is a level where people just cannot pay the rental levels that you, re, you you're requiring because people's wages or incomes will not sustain. They can't pay the rents, basically. Um, so, how all this pans out and how this affects the real estate market in the next two years is the big question. So I just wanted to give you and a listener what I see as the the real big question of the next 18 months, two years. How do these large institutional buyers, will their influence continue? Will they still be buying ever-increasing percentage of domestic properties the reason that's driving them is the money that they would normally put into commercial property. They can they can see the writing on the wall. There 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 is no real future in building office blocks and building new or buying new commercial property that at best is a fifty percent empty, and the prospect of getting any quality tenants is zero. Robert. Okay. So where, where in that is the, all right, you know what? So here's, here's my perspective. Um, I think that your analysis is, is analysis I've heard on many shows and I've seen a lot of people talking about the, the same thing, real estate, even outside of real estate, honestly, the concern around, around real estate, commercial real estate is actually hitting very traditional shows like, um, you know, uh, big, huge shows that talk about stocks and things like that. I've seen, I've seen lots and lots of dialogue happening around commercial real estate. And here's what my overall opinion is. We're in for a pretty rough two to four years, but very similar to my Oshisan um, and other people, other voices in the wilds of like the next generation, generational thinking as it relates 
I think that, yes, I think we're in for a down period. I also think uh, we are already seeing a seismic shift in very clever entrepreneurs who are adjusting to the new reality, such as Picasso, and creating situations that, like, that are going to solve those problems. What is going to be done with commercial real estate? I don't know. But I do know that I've lived long enough that I've seen other gluts of commercial real estate hit the market. And back in the day, many, 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 many years ago, you know, friends of mine that would throw raves and things like that would buy warehouses or rent warehouses and throw parties for large groups of people to come and dance inside empty like refrigeration warehouses. People are going to figure out a way to use space should it become available, at least in the major metro markets. There's going to be all sorts of mid-sized markets that don't have the sheer population and flexibility of places like LA and New York that are always going to, if you, if you have an available building in New York, eventually somebody's going to figure out something to do with it. Like that full stop. And there's nobody that can convince me otherwise. You have available office space in Manhattan, of which by the way, right now there's plenty Somebody's going to figure out something to do with that just because of the sheer population density in Manhattan and space is not going to go unused. Does that mean that that in that process, there won't be somebody that might not lose a lot of money? Oh, it could be somebody that bought that space anticipating they could get $20, $30 a square foot for it. And whatever the new idea is, is may not be able to get that amount. Ultimately, that would be good for the market in general and bad for the person that got hold, like that got holding the economic bag as the entire world shifted. Somebody's going to lose. Chances are strong when we're talking about commercial space. It's going to be a big corporation that has the bottom line to absorb the loss without necessarily going tits up. That that could be wrong. Maybe somebody big does go tits up. Maybe there's somebody with billions and billions and billions and losses on their balance sheet that we just haven't seen yet. We're going to see another round of corporate bailouts. And of course, all of that hits the market. It hits the real estate market. It hits us as taxpaying individuals inside the US. What do I think, though, is ultimately I'm getting super excited and so are people like Warren Buffett and things like that, because every single time there's a downturn or a shift, let's just call it a shift. Let's just call it a seismic shift in the way that a market is working. There's actually a whole grip of op- on, like opportunity for people that are not established, because the people who are established are holding the bag for their previous ideas, and they're they're gonna they're gonna be too inundated with trying to survive than to to innovate. Like they're really probably not going to be able to pivot. Whereas somebody who's new, who's watching everything shifting, like imagine a pod-based WeWork, for example, you know, where each person has an enclosed booth. You walk into the building, mask on, and now and then you have a very safe, enclosed, hygienic environment that you walk into. All this work from home shifts that we've seen is I I work from home. I know 30% of my friends that work from home. I probably know hundreds of people making between ninety to $150,000 a year working from home at this point. And some people pivot and adapt to that very well, like me. There's a lot of people that don't pivot well to it at all, mm-hmm. that are not used to and, and give them an opportunity to spend three to $500 that they could easily spend based on their income to go to a public place where they can get some kind of interaction or feel like they have a place to go so that their discipline remains high in terms of getting their work done. They're going to do it. They're going to spend the money. The only reason that people aren't right now is because of COVID. So if you take that factor out of it, 
somebody, some entrepreneur comes up with a way to take that factor out of it, you're going to have these people flooding back into office space, even if they're still working remotely. And that's a global opportunity because many of these people have left this country and gone to Fiji and, and other places. I just talked to a person in Fiji less than four days ago that is running a real estate brokerage in San Francisco. True story. So they're running a major brokerage in San Francisco. They just have other people, boots on the ground, doing the, like the going out and showing other property. But they run all their marketing and every other detail from Fiji. So it's, um, I guess, I mean, I'm always going to be a person that looks at the opportunity. But here's what I wanted to talk about. There is a market slowdown coming, whether it's today or tomorrow, or the next day, it doesn't matter. And in that market slowdown, there's going to be like anybody that's kind of pre-thought, pre-planned, pre-have an idea of how they're going to handle it, is going to be light years ahead of the people that are caught unawares, which is why we're doing this show in the first place. So how could a real estate agent or broker start to forward think? Well, the first idea I'm going to pitch to everybody. Well, we need to we need to go for our break first, and then we come back and we tell people. All right. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give my first idea, which is going to surprise everybody. It's going to be a shock to John. It's going to be a shock to everybody. The first idea I pitch, because the first idea I pitch is not going to be a digital one. All right. And uh, right, John. John just sat up in his chair. Um, so stay tuned, everybody. Come back to us. Like us, give us a thumbs up wherever you're at. Leave us a comment. We would really appreciate it. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to the Mail Right Show, ladies and gentlemen. John and I are, are having some thoughts about the current real estate market. John did an intro into the show where he was expressing some thoughts about, um, about the way that the market is going. And he, he definitely covered a lot of different areas, large institutional investors, where they're investing their money. It's more into residential which is creating an ongoing absence of inventory for your average real estate home or driving home prices up across the country, almost to unreachable levels in many areas, and also leaving a glut of commercial real estate space available in many of these areas. So here's, uh, but I, I responded to his comment. And then I also said, hey, I've got something to share at the second half of the show. For those of you who are going to be looking for some ideas to bulletproof your marketing. I'm going to go with two back to back. The first one is one that we don't talk about often on the show. It's also one that's been coming up more and more often in my consultation calls and it's starting to come up. I'm starting to run across more and more brokers and agents who are making uh, in the greater than three to $500,000 GCI who are considering this to be an automatic part of their marketing. And that is direct mail. Direct mail has been coming back among the best of the best agents. Geographic farming is coming back in the best of the best agents. Where I'm seeing it leveraged most often is middle to high high income neighborhoods. Okay, I've got um, 
Well, actually, I, I won't name them without talking to them. But let's just say this. In my own personal client list, I have one of the top agents in the world, and she's using it. Um, she probably is top 100 in the world. I've got an agent that is in New Jersey that I'm doing some personal consultation with, not something I do very often anymore. And uh, she is leveraging direct mail consistently to completely dominate two specific neighborhoods in New Jersey and doing an incredible job at it, getting incredible response because she's not only leveraging it, she's leveraging it very creatively. And I know other people that have been calling me that are consistently using it. Even people here in LA are starting to use it and farm these neighborhoods. Now, a great way to back up your direct mail campaign is email. And these two, two strategies, which are really old school, um, the reason I'm mentioning both of them is that they're both long-term. So for those of you who are saying, well, the market hasn't turned, Robert, and you're investing your money in Zillow and, and KV Core and all these other marketing systems, Ylopo, and you're like, they're doing great. We're killing it. You know, why would we even listen to your show? Why would we even pay attention? Because we're just, the numbers are so good right now. Well, I'm going to tell you why. The numbers are great right now, but a smart person, a smart marketer, in my humble opinion, would understand that the market is unsustainable. I agree with everything that you said, basically, where, where John, John like poked at it a little bit. He said, there will be a time when some of these rents and rates, they just get so high, it's going to be out of reach for the vast majority of the market that you're dealing with. And that is just logical. In LA, homes, average homes, little homes, shitty homes are out of the range of almost everybody who's trying to buy them. Uh, like there, there is, there are some people that can still buy. That that number of people is becoming smaller and smaller. Because how many people have a hundred thousand dollars cash just sitting around? It isn't an inexhaustible supply of people that have that amount of money just sitting around. I've got a friend of mine that makes a hundred thousand dollars as an engineer for Cisco, and she cannot afford a freaking condo, let alone a house in L.A. So how many people do you really think in the Los Angeles that are just all making over a hundred grand and can't even get into any kind of home, even a low end starter home? So when that is a reality, here's what, here's what a planner would do. The market's going to change. It's going to shift. And when it does, you want to have an audience of people that is not relying upon direct marketing because the audience shifts. What all of you who are spending your direct marketing budget are going to do is you're raising your direct marketing spend. Every single one of you who's listening to your show, you know you are. You're, you're at $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 for your direct marketing. And John, can you turn that? Or is that in another room? Yeah, unfortunately, I bought a new iPad and it's linked to my phone and it's in another room. And it's going to gotcha. yeah, okay. shut up. I apologize. Right. It's all good. So, so, so as you're ramping up your spend, many of you haven't been in real estate long enough and you're laughing at me. I know you are. I hear you. I hear you through this. You're laughing at me, but I've been doing it for 16 years, which means I've been doing it longer than most of you. And you're not going to realize this. The only way the ramping up spend strategy works is as long as home prices are increasing and there's an ever increasing demand because there will come a time as the market shifts that, that you're going to be spending that 30 grand and not getting the response. And it's going to fucking terrify all of you with how fast you can no longer spend that money and create a return. A one-to-one return on 30 grand is a very scary number, even for big brokers, even for people that have 
millions of dollars in a bank account waiting to be at, like to be spent on advertising. Even those people will not like to see a third because there's other costs associated with doing the marketing. There's support costs, telephone people, support staff that you have in the office. The numbers get staggeringly large really fast. So what would then you would you want? Well, you'd want a cheaper, more sustainable type of marketing that you've been working on in the background where you maybe have been sending out a high value newsletter newsletter or direct mail piece that that maybe people aren't responding to in droves. But if you start now when the market is super overheated, what's going to happen is with those lower cost types of marketing, it's going to heat up when when your direct marketing advertised spend gets starts to to become ineffective. And the reason for that is that message-driven marketing where you're talking to the same audience over and over becomes more impactful when that that audience believes that there's something that they have to talk to you about. And, and what do I mean by that? Homeowners that are in an, like a specific neighborhood that have been getting your messages for a long time, they know the market's overheated. And if they want to list with you, they're going to call you, right? But now the market starts to change and their home value starts to drop. That's when homeowners and the people you've been sending these messages to start getting to get nervous. They're not nervous right now. They will be though. And they'll want to talk to somebody about their real estate concerns. Even maybe they're, if they're not planning on listening or whatever the case is, they're going to say, what, what happens? All those conversations is what a smart broker and agent wants to capture as the market shifts. You want, you want the conversation about the market shifting being directed to you and your sales force. Would you agree, John? Oh, totally. So those are my two Strategies. We do talk about email a bit. I've been starting to hammer that email button a lot more as time has been going on. I have not hammered the direct marketing uh, button very often on the show. We don't talk about it that frequently. So it's something that if you're spending 30 or like 5, 10, 15, 20,000, if you can squeeze out $1,500 for a solid you know, direct mail campaign into a neighborhood you know you want to sell homes in or you want to touch base with homeowners and, and get them involved in your your story as a professional or a brokerage, I would be looking at that as an ancillary marketing spend. John? Yeah, I totally agree with you. The other area that, you know, we've been looking at video and video marketing and we've been running with a small group of agents videos aimed for people outside their region but the other thing that we've been doing testing on and i'm really excited on and we'll be we're going to be talking a lot more about this over the coming months is google local service ads um i really see i haven't ditched facebook but i I, facebook when it comes to branding and re and remarketing um, I still think it still has a part. But what really excites me is what Google is doing with Google local service ads because you really aren't – you've got to pick the phone up. Um, when these calls come in, you really got to pick – and you've got to have an agent that fully is committed. If they're not, you really don't want to take them on. But the great thing is, is that you you only pay Google when that phone that call comes to that number to that agent. 
So, and it's compared to other digital leads, it's quality and your ability to turn that into an actual commission check is at a much higher level than other digital leads. So I'm quite, and we've been doing on the quiet some fair bit of testing on that. And I, I think they're going to kick the arse of Zillow and Realtor.com when, you know, um, I think the writing, I think you touched it, the writing for Zillow and other portals was on the wall anyway. But with Google Local Services, their system gathering pace, I really think they're going to have their asses kicked, really. Oh, fair enough. I, I think that Google is going to give them good run for the money. And there's certainly, like, for those of you who haven't looked at the hyperlocal sponsored ads, Google is providing, like, let's just call it $100 a call. Zillow isn't even usually coming close. Most of the people, I mean, it just depends on what market you're in. Some of you are getting much, much better results off of Zillow spend. You're getting 50, 60 calls off a $1,500 spend. What's common and typical right now in major metro markets is more like you're spending five, $6,000 and you're getting 20 calls, of which if you're lucky, maybe six to 10 of those are good. So you end up spending hundreds upon hundreds of dollars for lead acquisition. But because of the way real estate is, once again, Nobody's nobody's complaining about this because home prices are up. And I mean, even small mid-range markets like in the suburbs of of Texas, you know, you homes that used to sell for one hundred and eighty thousand are selling for three hundred thousand, and that's just a two-year jump in prices. So you're you're getting all these. So when a realtor is getting an extra one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, that's that's extra three, four grand in commissions. So obviously you, you can afford to pay whatever, a few hundred extra dollars per call, you know, it, it, but that isn't, there's going to be a time the merry-go-round stops and everybody's going to be in trouble. Zillow's going to be in trouble. I mean, they're not going to be in trouble. Just everybody's going to take a kick in the teeth and the market's going to adjust and everybody will figure it out. I just think, and the purpose of this show is definitely to start having the conversation with everybody that's listening. Trust me when I tell you, right now we're in the last gasp of the market being this crazy nutty thing, I think. I think by the end of the year, we're going to see some major changes happen. Um, I, 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 80%, my heart totally agrees with you and my mind, 70 to 80% agree with you. I honestly feel the only variable, the only two variables that will affect this, that I'm not saying it won't crash. What I'm saying is these two variables might keep this thing rolling for a bit longer than we think, is that the Fed will not be able to increase interest rates to the level that people are anticipating. And secondly, these, and I don't, in the end, and I'm not an expert, but I'm just giving you, the viewers, the listeners, my honest opinion, these institutional investors that are buying domestic properties, I don't think it's going to work out as well for them as they think it's going to. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it, it, it's a totally different market to the normal 
commercial real estate market that they're used to. And they're, they're looking at the domestic because all the things I said in the first half, because they don't see a tremendous future to the same extent around commercial properties and bonds don't yield stocks. They're at crazy values now anyway. Um, no, no, stocks have dropped by about 40%, man. I don't well, some going. have and some haven't. Um, so it, it's, it's, we have Titanic sheets going at different directions. So it's a very confusing situation. So I'm just pointing out that this crazy market could continue a bit longer than it should do because of these commercial, these institutional investors. Um, enormous amount of VC money has been put into some of these players. Um, it's it's just going to be really interesting to see how all this pans out, Robert. I don't disagree. And I could be, I could be wrong. And without some of these huge market factors, I would have been right long ago. Yeah, and the pandemic, be. the pandemic yeah. and, and other things. And you know what? Where I get myself into trouble, audience, John, everybody, is I'm a, I'm an incredibly long-term thinker. I don't really pay attention to what's happening in the market. I've already seen one major crash and that any number of hills and valleys inside the real estate market. And you know what? Everybody who's listening, I pay zero attention to any of it. And the type of marketing that I tend to tell people to do, which is long-term, yes, is it more effective at times than others? Of course it is. But the beauty about like high-value content-based marketing is that it always comes back and provides value. And you, since you, have it, you already have it up, let's say it's doing nothing for you, without spending a single extra penny, one day all of a sudden your phone starts ringing off the hook. And it's stuff you did a couple years ago. And you're like, oh my God. Where's all these calls coming from? It's not like direct marketing where you always have to have 30 grand in your pocket to then put into that platform. And maybe if the market is bad, you lose all that money. Content marketing maintains its value. And so do all the marketing strategies that I put in place for myself. Do I get as many calls one day versus another? No, I had a quiet November and now I've had the busiest December and the busiest January of my entire like five-year history running inbound REM. And is there any rhyme or reason to that? No, there's something going on with real estate agents to the people listening to the show. You guys are reinvesting or rethinking whatever it is about your career, realizing the pandemic's going to extend out a year, whatever it is. But my marketing hasn't changed. My message hasn't changed. That's why I get myself in trouble is because I have strongly and always leaned heavily on types of marketing that don't respond like are bulletproof against the ups and downs of the marketplace. And that's no, what I, want. I just want to finish is that, you know, obviously Zillow closed down their wholesale side of their business. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, I was listening to uh, a YouTube video and there were some figures there that there are still substantial um, institutional investors that are buying substantial blocks of properties. I... Me, personally, I'm amazed that they're still doing that. Mm -hmm. If I was in their shoes, I would run to the hills. I, I, I cannot see um, this working out that well for them. But 
if the facts that I heard this morning are correct, the figures that I was listening to are correct, this market could continue a bit longer than what it should do because if they're dumb enough, and yeah, they're institutional investors and you would think they were highly sophisticated, but the truth is they're a bit dumber than we think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um and they've kind of been driven by what's happened to the commercial market. Um, I, I still, in my heart, don't think this is going to work out that well for them. And I'm just saying that the cooling of the market might not happen until much later on in this year. Then, But on the other hand, I do hear whispers about mortgage companies and banks they're really not lending the way that they were. And I think they're getting the jitters as well. I, I really think they're getting a bit worried um, because they don't want to end up in a situation that they found themselves in 208. That's the last frigging thing they want. So I, I've heard on the grapevine that they're getting the jitters as well. So there's a lot of confusion out there, isn't there? Oh yeah, and and smart institutional investor money is is pulling back right now, and and for the first time we're seeing all that pullback come not only in stocks and bonds we're seeing it come in crypto we're seeing it come in every single every everybody is pulling back the only thing the only people that seem to be rushing forward based on the the input that I'm getting from my clients I expected a, a, a slowdown in January for real estate I'm being told by many clients in many different states that is not happening. That everybody is back to being incredible. Well, I wouldn't busy. buy. I I'll give you an example. I'm not going to tell you. There's there where I live. There's a house, and it's a very strange layout. Physically, it's a very mm-hmm. strange layout, and it was bought in 2015 for 150 thousand dollars, and they're trying to sell it now. It's on the market now for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I wouldn't. I'm. I might consider three hundred, maybe. Uh, um, I might consider three fifty because it's a really wacky layout. Um, but I certainly wouldn't give you five hundred and fifty thousand bloody dollars for it. Um, <laughs> And it's been on the market for about 10 days, and I'm just watching it to see if, good luck to them, if they can find somebody that's prepared to give them $550,000 of their hard-earned money or find somebody that's prepared to lend them the money to put 550000 good luck to them. Right. Uh, well, I think this is a good place for you, and we, we've blasted by our stop time. Um, and I think this is probably a good place for us to consider, um, let's see how long. Yeah, we've, we've been, well, we've been at this for 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody that's watching the show, listen, um, uh, John and I would love it. If you're watching it on YouTube, if you're watching it on the mail, right, it's YouTube hyphen mail, right, mail hyphen, right.com. Please go ahead and, and drop us a message there. Um, John is one of the most clever and experienced WordPress developers that I know. And if you're trying to get started with a real estate website, like you're, you're going towards independence for the first time ever, John is probably a great solution. 
for real estate vets and people who are GCI is over 150 to 200,000 already and are looking for ways to bulletproof their marketing, you have some questions, you can probably find out, you can probably have a consult with me at inboundrem.com and I just have contact pages there and you'll get sent to either my assistant or an automated calendar either way in schedule call with me. Either one of us would love to talk to you about some of this in real time. Like if you're a real estate professional, like what's happening, what can you do? Do we actually offer any solutions or do we just have some advice for you? Um, is there anything you'd like to add to that, John? No, that's great. Let's wrap it up, Robert. All right. So with no further ado, we're going to say goodbye. We appreciate you uh, coming to our show today and uh, we will see you hopefully the next time.